When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome into this edition of ESPN FC live here on ESPN Plus. I'm Dan Thomas, joined in the studio by Craig Burley and Shaka Hissop. Later on in the show, an exclusive interview with Weston McKenney as he signs a deal to join Leeds for the rest of the season, making that move from Juventus. We'll also be discussing the possibility of Cancelo leaving Manchester City to head to Bayern Munich. Plus, Mark Klattenberg is here to discuss some of those big calls from the weekend. We kick things off, though, as we always seem to do when it comes to big transfers at Chelsea. Enzo Fernandez is rumoured to be back on for over £100 million. Impressed, of course, so much at the World Cup. It is thought that he could make the move before the transfer window closes tomorrow. Uh, for more on this, let's welcome in, shall we? Former Chelsea defender Mario Malkiot is, is with us, as is Julian Laurent. Uh, Jules, I thought this was dead. Yeah, I think we all thought it was dead. I, I was told tonight that the two clubs were still in contact, but certainly Chelsea looked at other options, signed other players, of course, in the meantime, but always, always thought about Enzo Fernandez in the back of their mind, and, and they tried for Mo Moises Caicedo, for example, in midfield, so they, they were clearly trying to find someone to strengthen their midfield, and I think in the end, it looked like they were all going back to the same, the same place at, at the whole time, which was... Enzo, there's no, nobody right now better than Enzo Fernandez for them, despite the price, despite the short time that they left themselves to go and make that deal. And certainly the discussions that they had today with Benfica, with Rui Costa, who is the Benfica president, have been quite positive. So I think they are quite optimistic that before the deadline tomorrow night, Tuesday night, they'll be able to make that, that transfer that really would take this transfer window from a Chelsea point of view to an incredible level. It really would. I wish I bought shares in Enzo in the summer. <laughs> right. well, sort of is my... It's incredible. It's more than ten times. Unbelievable. Which, which, makes you, which makes you sort of start to wonder. Had Argentina not had that horrific start to the World Cup when he wasn't playing and they changed the team primarily because they had to and had he not played pretty much much of a part of the World Cup, would this move even be happening? Are Chelsea paying... It seems well over 100 million for a guy who's a good, he's a good player, clearly, you don't, but, but had a great World Cup. That's what you have to think to yourself. Or are they going to say, oh no, we were scouting this player for quite a while ago. Well, if you're scouting this player for quite a while ago, then how come he went to Benfica for a song? Yeah. And now you're paying a king's ransom for him. So, I mean, it, it's... And, I, and, and the other thing is, how they... And I don't want the answer to this. <laughs> I, don't I, just, I, don't, I don't even ask Somehow I know the, I know the, yeah, I know the question. The I don't even know. I don't, I'm just, just going to throw this out there, but I don't want anybody to answer it. How the hell <laughs> has it got even around all the financial fair play? Okay. Not the answer. Right. That's just a, 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 a rhetorical statement. Uh, uh, Mario, let's focus, let's focus on Enzo, shall we? How excited are you by the prospect of he joining Chelsea? And is he the kind of missing piece of the puzzle. No, clearly, look, Chelsea's going after something to, to build, right? They've bought so many players now over, over a short period of time. What is he, number eight or number nine now? You understand, coming in a short period. So, looking at that, they're also looking and trying to maneuver the situation where they're in now. If Jorginho is, is not going to be there next season, and then they're looking at Conte that's been injured for so long, they need an answer to that. So, the answer to that is clearly, uh, uh, you know, Fernandes. But the question comes, what Craig just mentioned is, the, in a short period of time, he's managed to get to that number, and they're going after him really aggressively. That makes him so important for that team. And that's why, also, look, if you look at the age group, we understand 22 years old, the guy, kid is young, you know, it's, it's, he has a bright future. But, guys, I hope Chelsea is not buying so many numbers, because after a while, you know what's going to happen. Problems are going to come. You, that was the thing you said there, is he the missing piece of the puzzle? Yeah. Yes. And I'm sitting going, 
It's some size of puzzle, this. It, it is quite when a Potter, puzzle when Graham, as well. When Graham Potter empties it out of the box, there's a lot of pieces. Holy cow. The, the missing piece of Chelsea's puzzle for me is still an alternate goal scorer. Right. That, that's their most urgent need. Yet they've spent, and, and we can discuss the talent and the value for money that they're getting, but they are still missing what they need most. And, and, and if you are paying this kind of money, for a midfielder, talented midfielder, work of winners, as Craig mentions, what are you prepared to spend for a striker, yep. for a player that you actually need? And that's a concerning thing um, from, a, from Craig's perspective, given the financial fair play guru that he's all of a sudden become. Um, <laughs> what, what, what does that all of a sudden start looking like for Chelsea? This is telling me that, that, that this is just off-the-cuff. Yeah, I know they've brought recruitment people in, various ones, and all that. But this is telling me that they're not really heeding what the manager's saying because he was on record at a press conference, I don't know, a couple of months ago, maybe a little bit more, saying, I, I, I can't have 25, 30 players. Yeah. And when they're mm -hmm. all fit, when they're all, contract. Yeah, when they're all fit, like, I've got this huge headache now and, and it's going to cause problems in the dress. It could cause problems in the dressing room trying to keep everybody yeah. happy. I'm going to have to leave so many out. And he said, that's really not the way forward. Well, the Chelsea hierarchy have gone, gone out and gone way the opposite way to, to what he's saying. They've just gone out and absolutely filled the dressing room with these new signings. There's talk about, I know we're going to talk about one or two maybe going out, but that's only going to scratch the surface, yeah. the one or two going out compared to what's going in. So Potter said that a couple of months ago, and he probably said that to the hierarchy, but they're not listening. The thing for me is, is not just Potter saying this, but I can't think of any, any football person who thinks this is a good idea who thinks spending this amount of money or having a squad this big <clears throat> makes any kind of footballing sense. So then yeah. if you have football people, you assume, involved in the club, advising uh, Todd Bowley, the owner, and this is still happening, you can't help but feel that this is Bowley just going out on a limb and saying, well, this is how I win the Chelsea fans over, given who I'm taking over from, in Roman Abramovich, how well he was like, the kind of money he spent, and now he's... he's trying to do that in an effort to win over favour, but I, it, doesn't make, it doesn't make any kind of sporting sense in my, in my, but, my mind. But if, I'm, if yeah. I'm a Chelsea fan, do I care that it doesn't make sporting sense? This is what I want. I want to see big players coming to my well, club. If you, if, Liverpool sitting on their hands at the moment. United aren't spending money. If, so, you're, if you're a Chelsea fan, great. Yeah. You, you just showing up at, you're just showing up at Stamford Bridge and cheering your team on. If you're working within that club, if you're having to manage players as Graham Potter is or any of the backroom staff, if you're having to figure out some, some of the other issues around financial fair play or moving players on, this is an absolute nightmare. It has to be. Uh, Mario, they're 10 but, points off top four at the moment. You imagine yeah. that, that's kind of the target <clears throat> of your Chelsea, isn't it? If you can get mm -hmm. all these pieces of the jigsaw to fit, can they get there? Can they close that gap? Can they do it between now and the end of the season? Look, with, with what they're spending, they should. But the problem is, I think, you know, the settlement of, like, making sure that it becomes a team, that's going to be the hardest part. Because uh, what the guys just highlighted, you know, about Potter. Look, I was at the club, you know, a couple of weeks ago. And the highlight that we had, that was the one that just Saka just mentioned, we spoke to among ourselves, you know, the players that were there before, and said the biggest problem of Chelsea right now wasn't really like, okay, you need a midfielder, but it's a striker. We talked about that. Why? Because I was talking to Jimmy, and Jimmy said to me, yeah, I don't know why we are, you know, going around and buying somebody. But clearly, you know, uh, Kai Havertz was playing as a striker. He scored the goal in the, in the Palace game. But we looked at the, at, at the way the game was going, and the biggest piece they were missing, someone up front that could hold the ball up. And that was so evident, and that's why they brought Lukaku. Eventually, the, the relationship broke up. But now, going back to where they are right now, they need to make sure that they have to be careful because Abramfis did it, Look what Newcastle is doing. They're taking their time now. They're going slowly in building their success. And I hope Chelsea's not going too fast. Jules, are we in a situation that they've just put all their eggs in an Nkunku basket, so therefore don't want to spend big on a striker that isn't necessarily going to be first choice come the start of next season? 
I think it's a little bit different than that. They, they've looked at strikers this month because, like, like us, they know and they've, they've hired a, an army of sporting directors who are all <laughs> doing different things but the same thing at the end, which is all good. So they can see the same, the same thing as us. The thing is, I think they considered there was no point to sign another Aubameyang, for example, which was clearly like a panic buy on the last day of the summer transfer window, which was not the right profile, not the right age for quite a lot of money really for the player that he is and that he was when they signed him. Instead, they clearly consider don't sign a striker now and, and do, it, do a big one in the summer where you'll have more players available, more time to do it. You, there's a lot of things. January is, is, is so short and so difficult usually. Um, and I think that's why, they, that's why they chose. It's not like if they didn't want to sign a striker, I think they wanted to, they looked into it and they thought, you know what, if we can't get the one that we want, whether it's Oziman or Vlaovic or one of those top, top strikers in Europe right now, what's the point of going and get someone who we're not really convinced by, we don't really want to, just for another body. They signed for Fana, who's a young player they've already played him against City in the in the FA Cup for example that was his debut and I and I think they think that right now with with Joe Felix and Kai Havertz and Fofana and Aubameyang still there maybe that's just enough to finish the season as well as possible instead of just wasting yeah. in a way some money on a striker that they don't really want instead of waiting for the summer to get the big one that they know they need and that they they could also sort out the Lukaku uh, situation and then go for the big name striker. Go on, Mario. Now, because you know why? When I was at the club, and I spoke to uh, Christopher Verville, that's what one of the head scouts, and one of the key things that he highlighted when we were talking to him, um, he said the same thing. He said, like, I, I want to look at a striker because he clearly saw the game, and he looked at us, and he goes, like, I know what you guys want to say. We said, you need a striker. And he said, yes. So they, they know it. The club knows it because it was too evident for them to see how difficult it was for them, regardless of what they already bought, eh? because they bought, like, what you, what you just highlighted, Fofana, he came, but we saw him in the game. Some of the guys that they're buying now are not guys that are going to be ready straight away. That guys are going to need time. Like a, a kid for Santos, a Brazilian kid, he's not going to be ready straight away. They're going to have to give him that kid time. And they know that as well, because they've seen him on training. That guy needs some time. Uh, just lasting on Chelsea, Jules, who's leaving tomorrow? Hakim Ziyech, I'm being told, is pretty much done for the loan at PSG without an option to buy. It should be Australian. They looked at all different structure, even as a, as a, as a transfer uh, right now. It looked like he's going to be alone. Here we go. And then I think one of Jorginho or Gallagher, not both of them, maybe neither of them, but I think one of them, maybe Jorginho, we know that Arsenal and Arteta are big fans of his and they tried to sign him before. So I think, yeah, I think one of Gallagher and Jorginho and Ziyech is pretty much done to Paris. Uh, moving away from Chelsea, certainly the big story today that kind of struck us with regards to transfers, Jao Cancelo, uh, rumoured to be on his way to Bayern Munich. Considering how important he's been for Manchester City over the last few seasons, I think that's why this became such a shock as we welcome in Jan Fjortov is with us uh, for the Bayern perspective. Jules, I just want to start with you. It's just, just, is even Pep just had a massive bust up? Is, is that what's happened here? No, I think they fell out without a big bust-up, but I think they, they, they did fall out. Um, he'd lost his place in the team, to be honest, to Rico Lewis on the right, to Nathan Ake on the left. He was not playing, he wanted to play more. I think Pep uh, had had enough of his individual mistake and he's, he's made a lot this season, to be fair. Uh, and I think Pep realised that what he could bring going forward, which had been amazing in past seasons, was not there really anymore for someone who lost his place in the Portugal team at the World Cup as well. And I think when, and, and Pepe said that before, a player that comes to see him and say, listen, I don't want to be here anymore, usually Pep sells. And that's exactly what's happening right now. And it was kind of easy to find Bayern from a City and a John Joao Cancelo point of view because they need a fullback badly, who can play on the right, on the left, he's perfect. I don't think they will trigger the release close, or the option to buy, sorry of £17 million in the summer for Joao Cancelo at the, at the age that he is. So he will come back to City, I would think. But for now, for Bayern, it makes sense. Although with him on one side and Alfonso Davis on the other side, I don't know who's going to defend, but that's another problem. <laughs> but for City, uh, he don't want to be there anymore, so they let him go. Should they have fought harder to keep him? No, because 
I mean, look, personally, I, I really like the player, but we just saw one individual mistake in that clip, and, and there has been too many this year, but there have been quite a few high-profile ones before, which have been negated somewhat, as Joe said, by his sparkling sort of going-forward play. Yep. When, he's, when he's dropped into the middle field and, and he's played passes like, like a Michel Platini, you know what I mean? He's just like, he did some brilliant things. And that stopped. Guardiola's talked about body language with certain players. Uh, I presume he's one of them. And so, yeah, I'm kind of disappointed from a perspective of watching him play, but he's, he's, he's not been playing. So, uh, Bernardo Silva's another one who's made it clear he wants, uh, for quite a long while he's wanted to leave, but for, for he's still there for the time being. But clearly, Guardiola wants this one done. He wants him out and he wants to move on. Uh, City's lost Bayern's game then, Jan. Absolutely, and they have a problem with uh, Matsurai, who came from Ajax, who got injured. Then they got a problem with Pavard, who wants to go away. They say he's talking to Barcelona, will go there. And that this came out of the blue. I think that, well, they, they can say at press conference, yeah, we planned this for a long time. We have scouted him, <laughs> and yes, he's been a very important player for Manchester City, and maybe one of the reasons that Manchester City, in some cases, haven't looked like they used to do is that Cancelo is, is not been in top form. But yes, I think that could be a, a very good deal for, for Bayern Munich. They need that kind of player. They need that kind of experience. So I think they feel very, very lucky. Uh, I, I was not there in training to, to, to wonder if there was a bust up with Pep Guardiola. But I think this looked like a short term thing that suddenly happened. And then I'm taking him on loan for the rest of the season with a clause to buy. They're talking about 70 million euro, whatever. He will help them now in the short term. So in Germany, this uh, deal and for Bayern, this deal is reported as uh, one of the coup of the of the transfer window. Uh, it's help that they need, Jan, considering how they've started 2023. What's going wrong? Well, there's a lot of things going wrong. And when we're talking about Bayern, it's always more what's going wrong off the pitch as well. I mean, we've talked a lot about that with, with Neuer and, and Gucci, Gnabry, as they call him now in Germany. But they have three 1-1 one, one in a row. And you don't do that in Bayern. Against Frankfurt, they couldn't do it this time either. They, they don't create no, enough chances at the moment. And there is a, a thing now, they're going up on Wednesday against Mainz in the Cup. And for Julian Nagelsmann, when you come to Bayern, you can be the most sort of football, whatever you want. You can be the wonder kid, whatever you want. They, they paid 20 million euro for him to take him from RB Leipzig to Bayern. But the last couple of days, there's always been reporting that that is not safe. It's not that like they will give him extra time because of the transfer fee. Because Julian Nagelsmann, when you come to Bayern, you start with three titles, Champions League, the Cup and the League. And if you don't do Champions League, well, you have to win the double. He didn't do that last year. He just he just won the Bundesliga as they expected to do. And if we see at the table now, you look at the table, there are four or five teams close to them. That is a bit different than the other years because then you had to have Dortmund go all the way. They didn't. RB Leipzig to do it the other way. They didn't. But if you have a look now, Union Berlin, RB Leipzig, Dortmund, Freiburg, uh, Eintracht Frankfurt, all in five points. So, statistically, you, you have two or three of them will have a good run and then they will give Bayern a good run for the for the championship maybe this year. And then, oh, if that happens, Julian... Yeah, we heard it before. I know we heard it before. Oh, but it's a bit different now with more challenges. Oh, yeah. And then Julian Nagelsmann could be gone. Yeah, well, I'll, be, I'll believe it when I see it. Does yeah, Cancelo coming in change things? No, well, he, I, I, I don't think so. I, I thought in the game on the weekend... Um, where, where Bayern were lacking was a little bit of creativity from, from midfield. Uh, where when Musiala has been that for, for, for them, and, and it's unfair to, to point to Musiala, he's still young, only a teenager. Um, I, I thought the partnership between him and Muller didn't, didn't, didn't threaten an awful lot, and, and maybe that's where I think Bayern just haven't been able to get the better of teams who, who are willing to sit deep as, as Eintracht Frankfurt uh, did on the weekend. Cancelo coming in, I, 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 don't, I don't think it changes that. Uh, meanwhile, Jules, we saw Moani, of course, scoring uh, this weekend again. What a season he is having. Impressed so much at the World Cup as well. Where's his future? 
That's a good question. I mean, we discussed it with Jan the other day when we were, he was on the show with us. Uh, they got him on a free from Nantes, which was a really good coup because he had a good season with Nantes, especially the season before. But there was, all, there was never a doubt that he was so talented that you would make a profit on him regardless when you would sell him to who for how much. Uh, and now they could easily get 60, 70. I mean, Jan, as a, as a Frankfurt fan, would even say more than that. And, and English clubs are already looking, getting ready for the summer. Uh, I think he would be happy to stay another season, especially if Frankfurt are again in the Champions League. Uh, but also he knows that bigger clubs will come knocking and, and that he, he, can, he can also pick. So an amazing season, both in scoring and assisting, his movement, the pace, the experience that he's getting from playing in the Champions League, from playing in the World Cup, of course. He's such a, he's such a good kid. And, and I've explained before, yeah. because he was such a late bloomer, so he didn't go through an academy. He had to go through the lower leagues to make his room and his path towards top flight top football, really. I think he's fresh and he sees the game maybe differently than someone who started at 17 and then played already a lot of games for first team with a lot of pressure. He's, he's a bit different on that level. And I, I think that's a really good asset for him to have for the next big chapter in his career. Yeah, uh, of course. And next think, big chapter. Oh, go, go on, Jan. No, I'm just saying that uh, what, what I tell me, Eintracht Frankfurt, they have a, a very, very good dialogue with this player. And uh, he's like Jules saying, he's a late bloomer, but it's still a very intelligent and smart guy. And he's, he's most likely you not know, that Eintracht Frankfurt will manage to keep him for, for nearly till, till 2024. That's what I'm talking about uh, in Frankfurt with Markus Krush, the head of sport, and Oliver Glasner. He got the best people around him now to develop. But we all know how he's like. It depends which position Eintracht Frankfurt will end at the end of the season uh, if the Champions League they can probably keep him and so on and so on but Moani wow a season and well he's 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 a rookie of the season and he's he will be in a team of the season in in, in Germany and coming from nowhere as they say in in, in Frankfurt and in Germany uh, next uh, well next month we'll see of course the return of the Champions League for Bayern they're in the Marquitane, taking on PSG, according to the bookies. Uh, Bayern are the favourites still, which may be a surprise in considering what we've seen from them of late. However, Jules, PSG aren't exactly flying at the moment. What's up with your boys? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think they're even worse than PSG, Dan. It's been pretty bad the last few weeks. Last night, uh, the Pas de Prince against Reims was... I mean, I th personally, I thought it was pathetic, the performance collectively, especially in the first half, uh, individually as well, Messi, Mbappé especially, not, not really doing much, not carrying clearly, not running, uh, which I think is, is too much now, really, and I think this team is not functioning right now. Christophe Galtier is not making the right calls, the right decisions, he's struggling, he was cooled by uh, the Reims manager, Will Steele, who is 30 years old, who is so young, doesn't even have his badges yet. And yet he outsmarted Galtier too easily. I mean, Reims schooled PhD full stop at the Parc des Princes and deserve maybe even more than a draw. So it's a terrible time at the moment. They've lost à Rennes, they lost à Reims, uh, they lost à Lens, they drew with Reims since the restart. It's not a good time. And, and the debate right now in Paris is like, maybe you just can't play the three together, Neymar, Mbappé and Messi. And, and it's not a problem of who is the manager, it's not a problem maybe of the rest of the team or who plays a centre-back, is Sergio Ramos too old, nah, blah, blah, blah. It might be just as simply as maybe those three can't play together anymore. Oh, good luck making that decision. Yeah, that'll be fun. A <laughs> 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 Killian, if you just like to sit down, that'd be appreciative. Um, Shaka, who's going to win over those two legs? I, I think PSG. I think Bayern's problems. Um, Bayern have problems. Have now. you changed your mind? Like, do you remember? Well, you wouldn't remember what you said. No, I, uh, I don't know where. Well, no, I always chose PSG. <laughs> yeah, Dan. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you've always chose yeah. Brazil, Argentina. Oh yeah, which, uh, well, yeah. You make yeah. your mind up. PSG, PSG gets the better of Bayern. Uh, just a reminder, plenty of talk on the latest edition of the uh, Gavin Jules podcast as it stands. PSG third favourites to go and win the title. Bayern at 13 to two. Manchester City looks so short considering what we've seen from them of late. At seven to four, all your money on Chelsea. They're just going to buy everybody. Uh, that will be fine. Uh, <laughs> there it is. Then the Gamble's. Oh, Gaz in an Eagles T-shirt. Yeah, of course yeah. he is. Uh, after they put the place in the Super Bowl, be sure to check out the latest edition of the podcast available now. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't a search at all. Don't search. Match 
with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work, use Indeed for scheduling, screening and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash FC. Just go to Indeed.com slash FC right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on the podcast. Indeed.com slash FC, terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Passion, drive and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights and more. Whether you're into speed, power or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Did you know less than 10% of Americans own an e-bike? Here's why that should change. Studies show e-bike owners actually end up exercising more, plus getting outside more. If you're looking for a balanced lifestyle and everyday adventures, you need to check out Electric e-bikes. They are the number one selling e-bike brand in America. Their bikes are typically foldable, pre-assembled and have serious range up to 150 miles on some models. Check them out today at electricebikes.com and add some more adventure to your week. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-Bikes.com. Let's welcome in Mark Clattenberg, shall we, to the show to reflect on some of those dodgy calls uh, we saw this weekend. And uh, Mario with us as well. Uh, let's start off with uh, one that I think everyone is going to agree with, Mark. Fabinho, should it have been red? And why didn't VAR intervene? Yeah, I think this is a really interesting one, That why the VAR didn't interfere, because if you look at Fabinho's actions, the ball's not there to be won. He comes in from behind, he catches him on the back of the Achilles, the studs are shown, it's got the speed. This ticks all the boxes for a red card. Why does a VAR not interfere? The VAR was Neil Swarbrick, who hasn't got big experience. He used to be the project manager of the VAR in England and hasn't had many experiences of VAR as on, like having the experience, the feeling as it would be, having the action, and probably that's why he got it wrong. Mario, that's one of your old challenges. <laughs> no, that, those are the ones that I learned when I came to England. That's the one. No, but you know, I, I totally agree. There's a red card. He comes too late. He comes from the back. What are you going to say? You understand? Like, and even you could see the, 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 the reaction to have from all his players around him. And Anderson, he went to him and he said, like, hey, Anderson, he asked him, like, is it, is it, was it bad? Because he could see that now it was a red card. Sorry. Now, what, well, this goes back to. I get what Mark... Well, I don't really get what Mark's saying there about... You don't have to be a referee, right? You don't have to have played the game. In fact, you don't have to be pretty knowledgeable about the laws of the game. And still think it's a red card. I didn't want to go... I haven't got there yet. I'm not stooping stooping that low. You're looking at a a bloody TV, right? Right, here's a replay. There's a guy raking a player down the back when the ball's not there. This... This makes you lose hope about we're not going to get 100% of decisions right because some will be somewhat subjective. I suppose that is, to an extent, subjective in a way. But come on. Uh, You're only looking at a monitor, for God's sake. It's not difficult. This one a little (laughs) trickier, though. Stevie didn't think this was a foul. Uh, This is the Kanate challenge that we saw in the same game uh, Mark, he's already on a, a yellow card. Should he have been sent off for this? What? Stevie Nichols thought this wasn't a foul. The yes, Brighton he said it was in a... on what? goal. Oh. He's at goal side. And you see the reaction of the Liverpool player. He runs across, he puts his arm across him. 
And what people argue, the VR can't interfere on a second yellow card. But I don't think this is a second yellow card. For me, this is a straight red card. And the VR right. should have said, this is a denial of an obvious goal scoring opportunity. Go to the monitor, check it. And I'm sure the referee, when he sees this, and he sees the action of the defender putting his arm right across the attacker in the back of the neck, for me, this is a straight red card for denial of an obvious goal scoring opportunity. As soon as I saw this yesterday, we were doing the live game. I said, like, this isn't shoulder on shoulder. Right. Mm -hmm. the, McAllister's yeah. got ahead of him, and it's a clear... I mean, everything. The back, the neck, the hips, he just completely cleans them out. And this, again, for me, was a, a, a clear... Watch, watch where he is. McAllister's in front. It's a, the, the, this angle's the best. Are you accusing yeah. Stevie of some sort of Liverpool bias? <laughs> well, I think there might be a whiff of that in the air. <laughs> I can smell a little whiff of it somewhere floating in, even though he's not in the studio. I can smell that wafting into the room at Liverpool. Uh, let's take it back to Friday, shall we? This uh, decision got Craig out of his chair. Uh, he was so excited by it. This is where Marcus Rashford thought that he'd broken that Manchester United record oh, yeah. and scored in 10 consecutive games at Old Trafford. However... After initially being given, VAR would overrule it because uh, the offside in the build-up. But we thought, Mark, as the player then makes the attempt to clear the ball and it goes into Veghorst, then he's not offside. Yeah, no, there's a difference here. Does, he, does the defender block the ball going... Does he deliberately play it or does he block the ball? And for me, the defender blocks the ball. This is not a natural reaction to go and clear it. He's not in control of the ball. The law changed. They give cl um, clarity, I-5, give clarity on this type of play. If the defender doesn't touch the ball and make a clear action in control of the ball, and for me, the defender isn't in control of the ball. He tries and stops the play. This, therefore, it's a block. And that's why it was given as offside. He's got a player a few he's got a player a few yards from him. This is where the law, I, in my opinion, can fall down slightly because I think a better he's a good championship defender, right? Fine. But I think a better defender with better reactions is able to knock that to a, basically pad it to a teammate. Okay. Five yards away, which he was. Reading had a he had a teammate five yards away. So it's an intentional play he does intentionally play the ball. He tries to sort of clear it and scuffs it. And I get it, people will say, well, he's not in control. And my argument would be, well, better players arguably would deal with that better. So we're having, a, we're having one law for better players and one law right. for guys that are not as quick to react. And my, I, I, my thing is, this, this angle doesn't do it full justice, but Vekos is, is, is a full 10 or 15 yards away from the defender. And I don't think he's affecting the defender who plays the ball. The defender was initially marking Veghorst, goes, goes, to, goes towards the ball, gets drawn out of position. The defender centrally doesn't seem to alter his run or, or covering action at all to, to Veghorst. So he's not affecting play. And then the ball falls to him. Um, as I say, he's 10 or 15 yards away. So it's, it's, I think it should have stood. And Mario, where do you stand on this? And it becomes too complicated. I, I told you, like, to me, <laughs> as soon as thinking, let me just play football, man. Look, if it came for me, I would just say, this is a goal. Why is it so complicated, guys? You know, it becomes almost like I'm not playing football anymore. Now it becomes like, why don't I go and play chess? Because this is clearly referee, then talking. I'm telling you one thing. Refs, you would give me a red card, just be complaining. Because I will go for the goal. Ah. Uh. Uh, this segment's still going on for a while, Mario. Get ready. <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah, I know. Mark, when we saw that incident, uh, Craig immediately brought up the most Salah goal that we saw against uh, Wolves uh, a few weeks before. Why is this incident different? Yes. Because this is where, you know, we can argue about the law, how footballers, everybody in the game thinks, you know, uh -huh. what's a deliberate play? What's a block? The action of the defender, he's jumped for the ball, he's tried to uh -huh. hit the ball, and therefore uh -huh. he's made a mistake in the attempt to play the ball, and therefore, <laughs> under the laws of the game, because he's made an attempt, because he's made a mistake, we as referees are under the guidelines, therefore, to play on. 
maybe the, the law needs changing because for me, it doesn't feel right that Mo Salah gained from this action of the defender because he's leaning, he's, he's, he's stretching for the ball. And for me, I think this should have been given as offside. But under the laws of the game, I can clearly understand why Mo Salah was given as a goal because of this clear action and stretch for the ball. One of the things that apparently is in there is that there has to be not only the intention to play the ball, but as Mark was saying, an element of an element of control. About you need to have an element of control in your actions. Hence, we could argue about the Reading player did yeah. they, did he or didn't he? Yeah. Now I, I, I'm saying here this Wales player doesn't because I don't know any centre half. Uh, at many levels, who, if a ball has been able to to be headed, mm -hmm. uh, would would head it back the way. Right. Uh, which yeah. clearly tells me that ball's always been too high, unless mm -hmm. unless we're going to talk about certain defenders can jump higher than others, and somebody could have dealt with that, and somebody couldn't. That's why Mario's getting so frustrated. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> now I know that he's listen, he's brilliant. Now you guys are like really messing me around. Look, okay, Mark, you said. <laughs> You said the other one, the other touch of the Reading player was, oh, it was a mistake. Then we get the next touch, it's a header. Guys, what do you need to do? What this, this defender should have done? Let the ball go? No, of course you're going to challenge that ball. And then when you touch it, and then he's behind. So you're going to have players that are going to wait for that offside trap. They're just going to wait for it and let it happen and then take the advantage to it. So for me, clearly, a moment like this, I think football is getting a step to ahead with this one. This last call, no. Offside for me, 100%, because if not, come on, guys, come on now. Wow, uh, Mark, like Mario's been on the show for over a year, normally so chill, great company, you really just wound him up. <laughs> <laughs> referees, clearly your Achilles heel. Uh, referees, uh, oh, me and refs. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's take it to Spain, shall we, uh, where Atletico Madrid got their knickers in a twist about the Ceballos yellow card that they felt should have been given. They felt this change would have changed the whole game, that all the referees against them, they're all pro Real Madrid. Uh, what do you think about this? Should this have been a second yellow card, Mark? No, not every foul is a yellow card. If this is his only foul, or yes, he's already had a yellow card in the game. For me, the second yellow card has to be clear. Is it stopping a promising attack? No. They've got the free kick on the edge of the penalty area. Is it a mistimed challenge? Yes. Is it a careless? Yes. It's not reckless. It's not with speed. It's not with force. It's just a mistimed challenge for me. We see many of these type of challenges in the game of football not punished. So why do we always say that after a yellow card, the next foul has to be a red card? For me, this is never a second yellow card. Mario? No, he didn't even look at the player as well, so I totally agree. I, like, I think sometimes people just get bookings for no reason. Look, when he was trying to challenge that ball, he didn't, even, he didn't even look at the player coming. So that's why it doesn't make sense. Look at him now. He's looking, he doesn't even look at the player. Come on. It, it, look, a foul, I go, if he really put his foot out and went for him, yes. But this is just because he saw him coming, he got surprised by Tamar coming that early. But if not, no. This, that, we, we discussed this a few days ago and we were pretty much all on the same page yep. about, look, it was a part and part of the game. He wasn't even looking at him. This is nothing more than pathetic sour grapes from Atletico Madrid who are trying to sort of camouflage uh, the big story here, which is they got knocked out of a cup competition again. So, no, I mean, we just be going around booking everybody for every challenge. The thing for me, in this one, from, from the reverse angle, so, so to speak, it looks worse than it is because it looks as though Sebastian is swinging his leg and catches the player with, with his knee. But then when you see it from, from the front, it's not. He, he, he's, his foot is very low to the ground, doesn't catch the player with his knee. He's trying to control it, but obviously the player comes in front. That's, that's never a yellow, regardless of, of where it happened on the field, the circumstance, whether the player had been booked before or not. It, it, it's a foul, but no more. OK, I mm -hmm. want to get your opinion on this one, Mark. We know that, uh, Real Madrid, that Spain do give soft penalties, which was why it was a surprise maybe that they didn't go back and review this challenge in the Girona-Barcelona game because a replay suggests oh. there's enough there for a penalty. Yeah, I think the, the difficulty for the referee is there's that much going on in the penalty. You can see probably four or five mm -hmm. different holding offences. But what we do see, and which is why we have VAR, the VAR should have interfered here, because what you do see 
We don't care. You know, referees probably would take a, a lenient view where there is a slight hold on the shirt because not every hold's a penalty. But what you do see is the defender clearly has both arms around the waist of the attacker. And for me, this is a clear penalty. What do you think, Mario? No, clear penalty. Because, you know, look, okay. <laughs> Stuani is 36, eh? so he's also clever. But away from there, come on now, guys. He's hugging him. He's like, come on, this is not even football anymore. This is like wrestling. So that's why, no. He, and everybody would let himself fall. If he would not let himself fall, I probably would scream at, scream at him and say, like, why don't you let yourself fall? Because he's pulling you down. Uh -huh. While Mark's saying that there's four or five incidents going on in the box, that one's closest to him. Right. Right in front of him. I, so I don't see how the referee misses it, and even more so, come VAR, how you review that and, and you don't tell the referee about it. I've got sympathy for referees from, from uh, set pieces and corner kicks. Because even though you think they're looking straight at them, Shaq, they've, they've got to have their eyeballs. I mean, how many players are congested in that box? It's probably... 70. Work it out for me. 76. Quickly, quickly. Somebody in the gallery <laughs> tell me. Uh, there's got to be, like, 16. Yeah, well, don't give referees sympathy. I, 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 well, that's that surprised me. Well, no, that's when they need VAR, really, to, because they can't see everything. Not, not mm. on those incidents. Anyway, it was Barcelona. They're not going to give anything against Barcelona. No. And speaking of honest. not giving it to the big clubs... This is such a strange decision in the Nacho incident that we saw for Real Madrid at the weekend, Mark. Already on a yellow card. <laughs> like, what, what, what's going on? Goodbye. I think this is not... When I saw this, and I, I can't <laughs> understand, when you're on a yellow card, is this player wanting to miss the next game? Because it was so <laughs> obvious that he wants to stop the next phase of play. And for me, this, it doesn't matter if you're on a first yellow or a second yellow, this is sure 100% a yellow card for yeah. stopping uh, the, the, the throw-in. Well, I'm, I, I, I mean, I'm sorry, but this is going to do nothing yeah. to stop the fuel being thrown on the fire about the decisions in La Liga because that's ridiculous. That's no different than a player taking a quick free kick and somebody basically just holding the player's shirt and stopping them going. It, yeah. it, it's, it's cynical. And when we say not every free kick is a yellow card, <laughs> as in the Atleti Challenge, any cynical free kick uh, or infringement is a yellow card mm -hmm. like that. It's quite yeah. simple. Uh, yes, yeah. I think we, we, we all agreed on most of that. Mario almost had a breakdown, but that was entertaining. <laughs> yeah, that was quite an easy one. <laughs> That's all right. Yeah. Uh, Mark, you Mark, you're well, everything all right? Good. Yep, good. Nice one. Thank you very much to Mark McClattenburg, as always, uh, for joining us. Uh, he'll be back next week to talk about more of those controversial calls. Well, just a reminder, Carabao Cup action for you over the next 48 hours. Newcastle taking on Southampton, the host with a 1-0 lead going into the second leg. And then on Wednesday, Craig Burley on the call for the big tie between Manchester United and Nottingham Forest. Knife edge. All to play for. United <laughs> have a slim 3-0 advantage uh, going into that match. Tired of ads interrupting your favorite sports podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music, included with your Prime membership. Amazon Music offers the most ad-free top podcasts. Enjoy shows like First Take, Pardon the Interruption, and The Low Post, available ad-free and uninterrupted. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app or go to Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods. That's Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, 
Who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. The Copa del Rey draw was made today, and it will be Osasuna against Athletic Club, and then the little matter of Real Madrid against Barcelona. Like the Carabao Cup, these titles will be played over two legs, the first of which will take place over March the 1st and 2nd. Meanwhile, Barcelona have a game in hand. Of course, they'll be in action against Real Betis on Wednesday in La Liga. That's at 3 p.m. Eastern on Plus. Followed by Real Madrid against Valencia. Cattuso sacked at Valencia today, as it will be Real Madrid. will be big favourites to get the victory there. That game at 3 p.m. Eastern as well on Plus. Uh, be sure to, as always, check out the latest transfer news over on our Transfer Day special. Mark Ogden breaking everything down that you need to know, uh, including, of course, the big transfer that we talked about over the last few days. Weston McKenney making that move from Juventus to Leeds, a number of Americans now under Jesse Marsh at Leeds United. Uh, and Weston spoke to Mark about the transfer. Uh, dream come true for me, honestly. Um, you know, I've been wanting to play in the Premier League for a long time. I think, you know, as a, as a kid coming over to Europe, uh, I grew up in Germany, so my first thought obviously was to go back to Germany. But after Germany, my second second choice was for sure uh, Premier League, and now I get to live out my dream. Just to be able to play with, like you said, Tyler Adams, Brennan Aronson for club and for country, um, it makes it a lot more easier to settle in. Um, with a familiar face around. So for me, I'm, I'm excited to get going because I know how we play together uh, at national team, how we click and how we connect um, and ready to have that here as well. Hopefully I, I can bring good energy, fresh energy, um, you know, goals and, and defensive work and, and everything, just good work ethic and, and hopefully all together we can turn it all around and, and gather as much points as we can in the second half of the season. I expect a lot of reaction to that transfer on the latest edition of Football Americas, which will be available later today on ESPN+. Plus. Uh, let's welcome Jan. Jan, I never knew you were a Leeds fan. Yes, growing up as a Leeds fan, but when I played for Middlesbrough, Barnsley and Sheffield United, don't tell the fans that you grew up being a Leeds fan. So, yeah. Oh, wow. so. <laughs> well, at least we know who's getting the blame if they go down. Well, yeah. <laughs> Can you imagine? Yeah. I mean, actually, he's just good. Adams and Weston McKennie in particular are good players. Yes. Aronson, not saying he's not a good player, he's been there a little while. He's more of a sort of flair player in and out. But the other two, they were rock solid at the World Cup, the good midfielders. But. If Leeds go down, so are you suggesting America yeah, will just take the blame? No. I think, I, I, think the, I think America. I think it will be solely the Americans' fault if Leeds go down. Right. That will be the, the sort of mud that's thrown, which of course isn't the case. But we'll get some of this lot over here frothing at the mouth. I don't think they will go down. Uh, Leeds, Leeds sit fifteenth in the table. I don't think they, they will. are just yeah, one point it's... clear of the relegation zone, Jan. Yeah, it is, and it's a very risky business. I, I, I'm with Craig. Not only is it risky for for the uh, reputation of America, but it's also risky for Jesse March because on one hand, of course, you will look for players that you know. You will go back to Salzburg. You will go back to USA. Players that you know, players that you have good reference on. But of course, you make yourself easy to attack doing that. I, I think McKenney would be a good signing for them. I'm not saying that the, the signings are not good for Leeds United. And I think they will do enough to be up there. Jesse March will get them going. But it's a risky business. I've seen this before with our friend Ole Gunnar Solcher when he got into Cardiff City. He took all the Norwegians he could find on the way, on the boat on to, to England. And yes, he failed big time. And that is the trouble with that kind of strategy. But you do understand that ma manager will bring in players they do they do trust from their former clubs or same nationality. And I don't think the Leeds fans care. They just want good football players. And McKenney will improve them. I'm sure of that. Uh, that deal then is done. To keep up to date with all the latest news over the next 24 hours before the window closes, be sure to check slams, transfer, slam shots. Yeah, the, well, there you go. Whatever <laughs> analogy you want to use, uh, check out Transfer Talk over on the website. We'll be live at six. Where were you? Oh, you're off tomorrow.
Well, I'm not. Uh, excuse me. Come on. Oh, yeah, I'm off tomorrow. You can come in. You no, can no, come in if you like. No, no, no. I'm telling you, I'm off tomorrow primarily. My boss said so I can sit and take in the excitement when it slams shut. How do you go? You see, is it a transfer deadline special again? Well, it's just our show. <laughs> <laughs> it's just our show. I think that's it. Uh, Who's in? Be sure to join. I am um, Stevie and Shaka. You can come in. Stay tuned. Jan and Mario back next oh. for extra time. Oh. Welcome in then to the uh, latest edition of Extra Time. Thank you as always for your tweets. Craig and Shaka here are in the studio. Do you remember yeah. when... Oh, sorry. I was just going to introduce Jan and Mario. Yeah, you want to no, no, no. I just got... I, I came out the blocks a bit I know, quick. I excited. I was in the blocks. I came... <laughs> there you go. False start. Yep. Right? Yep. It's not... That it's not disqualified. It's not a... Second choice. It's not a conviction. It's a false start. I thought I heard the gun go. False start. That's it. You're <laughs> out. gone. You're out. Get out the lane. Before the start, you're off. That's what I was saying. That's it. That's done. All right. Uh, Mario and Jan are with us. Mario, you got so angry with Mark Clattenburg. I've never seen that side of you before. But then, from the first day I got on this show, I made it clear, referees never been my friend. Wow. I'm okay with them now. I stopped playing football, so I'm polite. But away from that, <laughs> when I was playing football, I hated it. I hated it. I hated them. You know why I hated referees? Because it always made me feel that the game was about them. And I hated that the most. And as a captain, you always have to talk to them. They're really polite to you before the game, after the game. Wow. They're different. Mario, did you used to swear at them in Dutch? Could you get away with it that way? Uh, no, not really. No, I, I wouldn't really. No, I don't use that. I would go English. Yeah, I would go English. You go English, English no. you go full on. Yeah. Right, Jan, don't give English. us any examples. I know what you're thinking. Don't do it. No problems with Frank LaBeouf. Uh, so when in Rome, son, when in Rome. What? Whose mic's up? It's driving me nuts. I don't know whose mic it is. Do you remember that time years ago? It's yours. It's mine. Oh, cheers, really? shut up. Right, no, there's no, no just right. cheers. Sort it as well. You're a false <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Do you remember that year we had that transfer deadline? Yeah, it's very you, exciting. You, well, we thought it was. Me, you, Gab and Steve. Do you remember with the special? I yes. went to that other studio, a yeah. big long studio. It was going to be the best thing since sliced bread. Yes. And then nothing, nothing happened. Nothing happened. No. Gab sat <laughs> in his computer. Gab sat up. We had sweets. We told no, sweet. we had, we, Stevie tried his luck at yes. certain names. Yes, and that didn't work very well. Okay, right then. Will tomorrow be similar? Shaka. Right. Yeah. Spalletti. Arteta. Eddie Howe and Xavi. Who is your pick for the best manager of the current season? Um, Spalletti's got to be in it. I think so. Yeah. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think yeah. that's pretty between, obvious. Between Spalletti and, and Arteta. Yes, between oh. Spalletti and Arteta, and I give it to Spalletti. Yeah. yeah. When was the last time mm. you don't know? 1990. Was it Maradona? Yes. Was that that? Yeah. Because you yes. watched the documentary? Yeah. Is that why? Uh, no, I just happen to know these. No. He's, he's <laughs> full of football <laughs> manager. Let, I just happen to know. Let me, let me, yeah. let me harness my inner nickel. How do you know? How do you know? No, no, let me harness my inner nickel. Smarty pants. <laughs> uh, yeah, 1990. Yeah. Any false dawns? This looks, Sorry? This looks I didn't like, ask you if there was any false dogs. Well, I'm just saying. Just a little <laughs> bit of Craig spicy. beats around the bones. <laughs> Craig, <laughs> what? What? Craig, Craig, what? Craig, is, Craig is the only expert in the whole world who is angry at a host for knowing something. You wait till it meets TV. I'll tell you why, Jan. I'll tell you why, because that was Lucky Dip. That was potluck. Hey, just... Normally when you ask him, he knows nothing, but he did watch that documentary. It's a fountain of youth, I am. Right. Of youth. Sp uh, Spalletti over Arteta, that fair? You reckon, yeah. Jan? Yeah. Yeah, I think we have to go for Spalletti because, well, first of all, Spalletti is the born second man in the world, so he hasn't won it yet. But I think you have to give it to him, what he's done there, and uh, Arteta in, in second. Hmm. Craig, would you have liked... Bit, hold on, look at, look at those bins. What? I mean, these are not... Like, well, one second. <laughs> these are, this, is, this is the glasses, the kind of reading glasses that normal people will wear. I don't know, Craig. <laughs> <laughs> 
You look like you got the free of the magazine. You look like a doctor. You look like a doctor. Hey, if, if, oh my God, if that's a doctor, you're Tom straight out. Tommy, cut, Tommy, cut. Yeah, no, Jan's are nice. Jan's are much nicer. What are you doing? Much nicer. Yeah, Jan's are nicer. Jan's are nicer. These are the glasses of a normal person. No, no, they're not. First of all, first of all, Craig, you're not a normal person, and that is not normal glasses. Thankfully, I can't see Jan. Because <laughs> they're reading glasses. Yeah. They're Beautiful. Uh, I hope you never paid much money for them. Seriously. Uh, I haven't. Well, you I clearly haven't. didn't for those. I'll tell you what I paid for them. Yeah? Three pairs. Yes. Amazon Prime. Next day. Good. Big Splash Bosch. Yeah. And yep. look at them. How much? How much? Oh, how much? Yes. Uh, I'm going $24.99 for no, the three. No, no, no. No, oh, no. $8. No, no, 19.99 for the three. Yes, yeah, and it shows. It doesn't show. It does. Yeah, it does. They're yeah. awful. Yeah, it does. What do you mean they're awful? Look at the state yeah, of them. They just need a clean. Go ahead. Like, they need clean. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Greg, Greg, Greg. Some people get awesome. Not like you. Clean and they'll be fine. Watch this. What, right, have a look at this. What's the difference? Oh, 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 oh. lovely. Yep. What's this? Yes. What? What's this? What's this? Oh wow! The glasses oh, are okay. There's nothing wrong with the glasses. Uh, I, what, uh, I, I don't know. Honestly, uh, I, I don't know why I do this show. Where's it? Seriously, I just can't. Yeah, 1990 is the last time Nappy. What? Uh, just you. Uh, Craig, would you have liked having a celebrity owner like Ryan Reynolds at the club you're playing at? Ah. Uh, I'm just. Oh, I'm a. I'm a man that embraces all aspects of life. <laughs> almost, almost, <laughs> almost. Why would it matter? Listen, it makes no difference. If you, if you Wrexham is great. If you Wrexham hey, player is great. Don't you get yeah. money? Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. yeah. People know who you are. If you yeah. games on TV, you're loving it. Yeah, yeah, brilliant. Yeah. It's got everyone talking. It's brilliant. So yeah, I mean, it's not. <laughs> if your club's being run properly, and it seems to very much be, and. They're getting money poured into it, and your team's doing well. What's the hate about that? Yeah, no, I don't know. There we Some go. Some people do, apparently. For Mario. I hear that. Americans. For Mario. MLS people. Start, bench, drop. These Dutch strikers, oh, okay? Oh, no. Oh, always the same thing. Okay, go on. All right. Oh, sorry, Mario. Uh, Mark O. Van Basten, Rude Van Nistelrooy, Robin Van Persie. Oh. Listen, I had only one poster on my wall growing up as a kid. It was Marco Van Basten. I yes. play okay. him 100%. Yes. Okay. So he'll be starting for me. Then yeah. I put on the bench. Um, uh, oh, that's a tricky one. I'll probably go for Van Nistelrooy. Yeah. To, to put him on the bench. And then for Percy, man, I'm so sorry. But I probably have to leave him out. But Van Basten is yeah. my guy. I grew up, yeah. I saw the bicycle kick in the Amsterdam Stadium. And I was a young kid. I sneaked through and stood with the loud fans. And I wasn't even allowed to get in there. And I was a young boy and I saw him doing the bicycle kick in the stadium. I was like, man, I went home, got a big poster and put sticked it on the wall and left it there for years. Oh, there you go. Nice. Shaka, who do you see becoming the world's number one goalkeeper over the next three to four years? Oh, wait for uh, it. Nick Pope. Courtois. He's number one now, though. Yeah. Right. So he's going to stay number one. Yes. Right. That's all. So I'm not saying anymore. That's it? Yeah. Two. What, what's happened to your rankings? Nothing. Yeah, why don't you do them anymore? Was there an issue? United Nations said no. To all, what's it like when your club that you're currently playing for signs a player in your position during the final day of the transfer window? I'm drawn to you Ooh. on this, Jan. Well, first of all, I've been that man for a couple couple of occasions and I can tell you what that the strikers that I came in to replace he wasn't happy uh, when, when, I, when I went to Germany uh, he didn't want to shake my hands but that is another story I think that you especially when you're in England and especially in, in my time back in, in the days when it wasn't that structured every day you went into the dressing room there was someone new turning up somehow so mm. that was a part part of the game that was a a part of the sharpness that you had to to have of course you hope that they didn't 
take the same type of striker that you were. But that was the mm. name of the game. When I played at Swindon Town in the Premier League, we lost 5-0, we bought another striker. Next game, we lost 5-1, we bought, bought another striker. Because John Gorman, the kindest man in football, said we had six chances and would probably win 6-5. So that was oh. a, just a part of your ordinary life. Yeah. Mario, what's, it, what's yeah. it like? How do you act? How do you act? I mean, I had this moment too. Uh, I was at Ajax. I was, I think, 19 years old. I became the best young player. I was super on stage, exciting. A month later, they bought nine players, including one of my um, <laughs> positions. <laughs> so I was like, what? And then they offered me a new contract as well to sign a new deal with them. I mean, you know the ending to that. <laughs> I was like, no, guys, thank you very much for that one. Yeah. Shaka, goalkeepers are the most kind of intimate in the sense that you mm. spend so much time with your rival. Yeah, and, and you have to. I, I think I think you have to have a good relationship to get the best out of each other, in, in all honesty. And, and yeah. everywhere, all the goalkeepers I've worked with, bar one, I've had a really good relationship with. <laughs> Go on, who was it? Kostas Chalkias. Kostas Chalkias. When I was at, at Pompey, we bought this Greek goalkeeper. Okay. He, was, he, was, um, he was the third string goalkeeper for Greece when they won the Euros. Okay. So that's how they led, like... So it was a Euro they won winner. won a Euro winner. Yeah, so did. How, great. What did he, they, how did he act around you? He didn't speak, it was, he didn't speak to me at all. Like, ah. and, and I, it took me, it, it took me, you know, maybe a, a week or two to even notice that, like, I would, I would say good morning, like, you come in and say good morning to everybody. Yes. Totally blank me. Oh. So from the time I realized, I thought it was the greatest thing ever. So whenever I come in in the morning or, he would come in after, I would go search him out. I mean, morning, Costas! And he would just totally blank. <laughs> Everyone just found that hilarious. Everybody, because I started telling everybody. Yeah. I'm like, look, you don't, yeah, you don't, you don't talk to me. And did he talk to others? Yeah. So there was one time, we, 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 we trained at, I remember, we trained at Fratton Park, and somehow, the last three people there are me, Costas, and Ricardo Fuller. Oh, yeah. Last three people in the dressing room. And he gets up and says, see you, Ricardo, I'll see you tomorrow. I just walked off. So I come bolted out, like, Costas, we'll see you tomorrow, Costas, see you tomorrow, Costas. Just kept walking. Did it ever change? Never changed. Wow. Never changed. But how long did he keep that up? I, I think we were there together for uh, uh, maybe a, a year, maybe six, six, I can't remember exactly wow. when he joined. Uh, but I, 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 I moved on yeah. um, at the end of that season. So it was either six months or a year, but it, it was it was unbelievable. And have you kept in touch? Well, I sent him a Christmas card every now and then, <laughs> but he never, he never replies. <laughs> Hello. The best one I ever saw was, uh, and it wasn't a transfer window, because as Jan said, we didn't have a transfer window. You know this story, John Spencer. Yep. The yeah. best one, and it wasn't great, but John Spencer, under Rudhula at the start of that year, was on his great run of form, playing alongside or just behind Mark Hughes. And Spenny was playing his socks off. He was scoring goals, he was linking play up. He was that cocky, confident little guy. He was on fire. And then we signed Zola. Oh. I've never seen. <laughs> yeah, we signed Zola for 5.5 million. Think about that in this day and age. And jo I've never seen a player go from Hundred to zero, because he knew. Just by yeah, that. Yeah. And I can't yeah. remember the t I can't remember the time frame, but it wasn't long. I mean weeks, and he was at QPR. He just wow, I need to get out of here. I, I, I'm, I'm gone. I've gone, and he left. Wow. And that's wow. how you know. But a player comes in in your possession, and he knew as good a player as John was. Zola's going to come in. He's playing. Yeah. So yeah. It just shows you. It's not that you know. But, but, you, don't even, you don't even have to be playing badly. To be I, replaced. I still think, Dan, that is, we, the, the viewers should think that, understand that, I think that was, for me at least, that was different in, in Great Britain or in the UK than in Germany. In UK, we were more used to that. Uh, the, the common players all the time. And if for Spencer, if Sola comes in, you know straight away, he's better than you. I was in Middlesbrough. I was, we had played with one striker. We bought Mikkel Beck, the Danish national uh, team striker. And we bought Fabrizio Ravonelli, just winning the Champions League. You kind of know. It doesn't, it, you can't be like, like this Greek friend of, uh, of Shaka. You just have to, that is just the name of the game. Coming to Germany, there was a lot of more politics and, and don't speak speak to each other, all that kind of stuff. So I, I think in general in England, as, as my experience, you would that was just a part of it and you just had to respect it.
Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. Yeah, yeah. I think everybody had that though. That when you come in there, oh, you when you go in first training as a young boy. When I was, I broke my foot twice. Twenty-one. I got to know Dennis Wise and Didier Deschamps. <laughs> Didier Deschamps and Dennis Wise. If you get an intro to them, let me explain to you guys. It's not with a handshake, eh? I broke my foot twice. I come on training. I was supposed to compete with them for the middle of the park for Chelsea, and they kicked me. Kicked me so much that I was like, guys, I just broke my foot. Why don't you allow me to, you know, like let me get in the game? They say he comes to me after training. He goes, Mario, you should pass the ball. I go, why? He said, because the guys are going to keep kicking you till you pass the ball. I said, no, I only know how to play football like this because at that time I came from Ajax. He looked at me. He said, brave, but be careful. And I and I carried on walking and I carried on doing the same thing. And you have to earn your respect because that's really in England. What I learned was you got to earn your respect. It's not going to be given yeah. to you. Um, on that point, uh, news that Sean Dyche wants his Everton players to wear shin guards uh, for training because he wants he wants it to be like a, a proper battle or whatever. Did you? Was this a common thing? You do wear shin guards. No. You never wear shin guards no. for training, no. No, and one no. of the reasons. One of the reasons was that is that. You have to be careful with this proper training, battling, tackling, right. yeah. because uh-huh. it, it, it's, there's a fair chance in this sport you're going to get injured playing the game. You certainly mm-hmm. don't want to have a. I've yeah. seen players r- rupture the cruciate in training because people have got overzealous. So wow. you have to you, you have to be really careful. I've seen coaches yeah. do it. Eddie Nizveski joined in the training one day. Eddie, right? And he'd only just he'd only just had one of his knees repaired a few years before. Right. And Eddie at Chelsea. Who, who then went on to be one of Mark Hughes' assistants. Eddie was so enthusiastic, he joined in one day and he was charging around trying to kick people and he'd done his cruciate. He was last seen, he was last seen, in fact, somebody, somebody tackled him and he was last seen on the stretcher, been taken in the dressing room shouting, I'll get you back! <laughs> <laughs> so, oh you gotta, God. you got to be careful. Yeah, you have to be careful. Uh, yeah. Final question, and it's for you, Mario. Get ready for this. Which country do you think will qualify for a future World Cup first? Scotland, Norway, or Trinidad and Tobago? Which country will qualify for future World Cup first? Uh, it's a tricky one. Yeah, yes. Oh, You're going to upset man, someone. So oh, yeah, I know. I know. I, I might have to go for... I might have to go for Scotland. I knew it. Wow, you know, for Craig. Yeah, I knew I you would go, go for, for Scotland. Uh, I knew no, no, I because I, I went to Scotland. And, you know, like I, I have to be honest, Craig. I never, I never played there because I made a, a conscious decision of not joining. You understand? But just the football lives in that country so much, and I think, um, yeah, oh, that's yeah. why it's for me well, kind of like normal for it to go that way. That would my pick be. Odegaard, Haaland, and nine others. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the problem is we have. It's like. Tour de France, we have uh, two great racers at the start, and then w- where are the rest of the bikers? We have Sander Berge there in the middle, Elionus is playing for Southampton. But unfortunately, and I no disrespect, of course it's a disrespect to all the defenders, and we don't have a top goalkeeper who plays, so it's sad oh. because to have a Norwegian passport is the best thing in the world, except when you play football. You're not a mess. Uh, we're a mess, but we better qualify for 2026 because oh. yeah, because well, Canada, Mexico, and you are already in exactly 48 teams, three host the, the three strongest nations in, in Concacaf are hosting, uh-huh. so they they got get automatic birds. Um, I can't remember how the breakdown is. There's a couple of playoff spots in there, but something like either four or five, and then two halves. What's well, so something kind of crazy like that? We better. You want them to qualify. Yeah, of course it do. Take away the glory of you being the only, only time they've... Yeah. Uh, I don't know what you're talking Jimmy. about. Yeah. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm going to be woke up as a fan. Well, I'll sort your mic out. Uh, and what about us? Huh? Don't talk. It makes a mess. <laughs> don't talk your mic <laughs> You told me these glasses were uh, nice. Uh, you did. That is it. We're done. Thank you very much, guys. Uh, uh, much appreciated. I was off to show me these glasses. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was wrong. Oh, yeah. What? You've got lovely uh, glasses. Well, yeah. How much were they? 1995. Not including tax. I've no oh. idea. Did you know? You saw the glasses that were sat at my desk. Right, that's it. These right, are better. Enough of the glasses. Uh, ESPN FC is back tomorrow. Transfer deadline day Ooh. special of wonder. Oh, we'll be breaking oh. it all down. Craig's off. Live? Uh, yes, we'll be live. <laughs> okay. <laughs> 
brainstorm. What's something that works so well that it's basically magic? Microwave. Air conditioning. What about selling with Shopify? Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash FC, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash FC now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash FC.